podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome. It's that time again. You are listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County fan podcast. My name is Chris Parsons. The Rams are enjoying their best start to a season in seven years. So it's only fitting that the three of us have been reunited after all this time. Richard Gutcher, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Good to be back with the three, with the two of you, three of us. <laughs> are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And he's returned to the warm bosom of the pod once again. Where have you been, Tom Martin? Well, I've been searching for Raul Albantosa's replacement because I've been in Spain. It's been lovely, but I'm glad to be back. Unfortunately, no more no more players for us. Lovely stuff. So, back to back defeats before episode 29, and we all wanted to see a reaction. And my goodness, we got one, didn't we? Uh, four straight wins in all competitions for Derby. Ten goals scored, and smiles all round. But still, plenty to ponder at this early stage in the season. Um, so what are the main talking points that came out of those wins for you, Richard? Well, I think we should be asking how big an advantage or disadvantage is our squad size and how much of the success we're having so far is down to Lampard's man management. But as I said, this is currently Derby's best start to a campaign since 2011-12 under Nigel Clough. But we, we did finish 12th in that season, <laughs> so... Uh, Hopefully that's where the similarities do end. Um, and who am I for this episode? It's a player from that season. 2011-12. Yeah. 11-12, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of players. <laughs> I think we, had, we went for a lot of players in that era. I played seven games for Derby County in 2011-2012. Is that the season we start with Bueno and Sifka starting in that three? I wouldn't like to say. No spoilers. Come on. And Chef Kikuchi. Uh, also, right at the end of the podcast... We've got a big reveal on an upcoming interview we did with a former Derby County legend, so stay tuned for that one. But as we said, the Rams made it 12 points from a possible 18 at the weekend after going to Hull and back and Hull and back, uh, <laughs> thanks to goals from Martin Waghorn and Florian Josef Zoon. Um, these late winners are getting getting pretty fun, aren't they, Tom? Yeah, absolutely incredible stuff. Um, the, the late winner at Reading was unbelievable, and then again, popping up again for that late winner, uh, from Joseph Thune, two big wins. It's great to win again, Richard, but we both watched the game uh, via the magic of the internet and it was we undoubtedly got out of jail, didn't we, after what has to be said was a pretty less than impressive second half display. Second half was goddamn awful, if we're honest. I was, I was generally thought if anyone was going to get that winner, it was going to be Hull. Uh, we were so sloppy in possession, not just the usual suspects of giving possession away, but even players like Mason Mount, seemed to lose the ability to find a, find a pass. And I didn't feel like it was because Hull pressed us. It, was, it wasn't like Leeds when Leeds put us under lots of pressure. Hull weren't overly pressing us. But they just seemed to want the ball more second half and not quite sure what happened. We should have been, of course, further ahead in the, after the first half. We should have had the game outside, but we didn't. And we didn't react well second half. But you know what? They dug in, they got away with it, and we produced the moment of magic, magic ourselves. You were raging at one particular player during that second half, yeah. weren't you? I mean, Tamori has got a lot of good reviews and he's, he's definitely getting better every game defensively. But I count in that second half, he gave the ball away under no pressure completely needlessly four times in the space of 20 minutes. 
Do you think? Uh, do you put, think that's I'm putting e- my not much hair left out. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's experience or is it uh, like lack of composure? Do you think he? Do you think he can iron out those mistakes over the course of the season? I'm sure he can, and he has. He has been improving each game. So I'm not don't want to get too much from the lads back. And it wasn't just him, as I said. You know, there were other players. I feel like everyone just lost their heads for a bit, and we probably missed a calm head like a Davis or a Huddleston to just get yeah. hold of people. It was a tale of two penalties in the first half, wasn't it? One that was given and one that wasn't. The one on Waghorn, which was uh, uh, Waghorn was brought down, sort of going away from goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Which I, I feel never helped strikers in the first place. But one of those weird ones where he sort of left his leg out and he did clip him, but you could see why it wasn't given. I could see. I think of the two, the one on Nugent was more likely to be given, and it was given. I thought they were both pretty 50-50. I thought they were both a bit soft. Wagcon's one at first, I thought they were going to give it, but having seen the replay, as you said, I think he might have just left his leg there. But I think think out of the two, we probably deserved to get one, and we did. It it appeared that (laughs) the one that was given, um, the player just like went in with the wrong foot, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, made like an ill-judge tackle. But uh, good to see uh, Wagon off the mark, Tom, even if it is for the penalty spot. You know, it's good that we're showing the goals around at this stage, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, his, he showed his quality actually on the Tuesday night game against uh, against. That's a great finish, um, yeah. Yeah, the touch, run off the run off the back, the touch, and then the finish was incredible. Um, and then obviously good composure. It was it was nice just to actually see him and the way he stepped up. You're like, there's nothing else but going to be a goal from this one. Um, so yeah, real positives for Waghorn. Um, I'm pleased that he's in the team and 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 starting and he's he's looked lively. So good. So yeah, that was um, <clears throat> it's one at half time, wasn't it? And then yeah, just that second half display, very concerning. I mean. Um, we did let Hull back into it pretty easily, didn't we? And as we seem to be saying a lot on this podcast, a better team would have done us more damage. Yeah, a, a team with a with a proven goal scorer or just a bit more quality in that final third would definitely have done us more damage. We could have shipped three goals in the second half. But as I said, we could have also scored four goals in the first half. It doesn't that doesn't excuse the second half performance. But it just puts it into a bit of context. You know what? In a championship, there's not lots of teams which will hurt you by smashing four passes. They get four chances, so you can afford to give your chance away. But you know, we haven't strung together a 90-minute performance, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've had lots of good second halves and lots of poor first halves. This is just the first time we had a, a good first half and a, and a poor second half. The winning goal when it did come, though. What, am I, what a cameo again from Mason Bennett. You can see why Lampard <laughs> said he's literally fallen in love with him, haven't you? So, yeah. a pretty innocuous-looking loose ball, just a bit of a bouncing, bobbling ball forward. There's three things that impressed me there, really. Like, he, he makes something of it, a ball that's just sort of going nowhere, really. Shows his strength athleticism to beat him to it and then it sort of looks like he's going down a bit of a blind alley down that down that channel doesn't he yeah he's facing away from goal the defender's goal side but the second thing that's so great about it is he just does a little a little step over doesn't he yeah. just to buy himself half a yard gets to the byline and then finally has the composure to to you know pick out a low cross across goal and i remember thinking afterwards Mason Bennett, two or three years ago, didn't have that in his locker, did he? No way. He couldn't, the, he couldn't do that. Not the composure. And the thing is, it was a lovely... I don't know who he spotted or if he'd spotted anyone in particular, but he put it right onto the, you know, right onto the edge of the six-yard box towards, yeah. the penalty, towards the penalty spot. And the great thing about this team, what Lampard's got them doing, which Rowett never got them doing, men in the box. Yeah. You know, I think Matt, Mount ran over it, and then it came to uh, Flojo, who, who put it in. It looked like... I couldn't quite tell from the replays, but it looked like... Mount does quite a clever little sort of dummy. He just yeah, uses, he just uses defender, his body weight to yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was absolutely um, deliberate that, that that's that kind of Mount running over the ball, but well, whether or not. The, the point is, 
you've got once you've got numbers in the box, you've always got a chance when a quality ball is put in there. I think the, the the difference between the team and you just alluded to it there is the getting the players into the box, but also it's the fact that we've got when we go forward, we look like we're thinking and considering like where where the next pass is. Like it's not like a let's just put the ball in the box and hope. There's a thought to well, that's a dangerous area. We need to get players in that dangerous area. If I put that ball in the dangerous area, there will be someone there. Lawrence's goal in against Reading, he would never have been there under Barrett. Yeah. Bennett knew that someone would be there and he put the ball in. Flojo's goal on, on Saturday, exactly the same. Put it into the dangerous area, someone's going to score. Um, I like it. I think we look good going forward. As we said, Derby with four wins out of six at this early stage in Championship, their best start in seven years. Different sorts of wins, really. Obviously, two away, two, two one wins away, two 2-0 two wins at home. Richard, do you think we deserve to have four wins? I think on balance, I can see how we won each of those four games. No, I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from them, but on balance, the performance across those four games, I don't think would usually give you four wins out of four in the Championship slash League Cup. I feel like if you played those four games again, I'm not sure we'd get 12 points out of them. No. It, in the same circumstances. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd agree with that. I think if we couldn't have complained if we'd have lost 2-1 against Hull um, after that second half showing. We arguably couldn't have complained if we'd have come away for one or draw against Reading, or, or perhaps even an unfortunate 2-1 defeat. Um the Preston and Ipswich games, I think, were slightly more comfortable. But again, the Ipswich game, I think we only had three shots on target. Do you remember um, how poor so... we were in the first half against Reading, though? Yeah. We were lucky yeah. to still be in that. And that was a proper smash and grab, that was, with the last yeah. kick of the game. Poor, though, Ipswich, they were, they were poor. Mm. They offered absolutely nothing. So that was a deserved win. Preston was hard work, but I think we deserved that as well. Yeah. And I don't think we deserved to win at the weekend. Don't get me wrong, I'm delighted that we did. Yeah. And I'm it's absolutely a... made up. And it's, I know it's a cliche. We're, we're winning ugly, yeah. but... We're not winning ugly though, because we, we are playing. We are playing some good football, but we're, we're, we're but we're grinding out wins at the same time. And I know it's a cliche, but obviously winning when you're not performing well is a great sign. And in this division, with Lampard's new management, you know, new, new style of play, if we can pick up wins during this early period where we're still getting used to things, particularly defensively and central midfield, we know we've discussed a lot already, is still a problem they need to fix. Yeah. It's, it's it's a great sign, and I, I don't want to come across too negative because. We're fourth in the table and it's our best start to a season, as he said, since 2011, 2012. Yeah. But I just want to kind of temper temper expectations a little bit because if we play like this for the next six league games, I don't think we'll pick up another 12 points. There were parts where we come together nicely. Um, yeah. But as you mentioned, we haven't strung together a performance where you go, that was a good 90 minutes. I think we, we did well there. There was no doubt about the result. Or we got really unlucky, we played brilliantly. There's been parts where we've gone really good football, really good stuff, then also, shocking... Uh, at times also Leeds really good team yeah which of the other teams we've played have been really good yeah that that is part of the uh, part of the argument isn't it because I don't think Leeds are a good side and Millwall who can cause teams problems at the den but apart from that the other four I mean, teams Reading, played Reading haven't have been, been great been awful. Are they? Yeah. when at the end of the season Hull will easily be in the bottom half they might even go down Ipswich will be in the bottom half I think Reading will be in the bottom half and Possibly. Preston might just be in the top half but you can only beat the teams in front of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really, so we can't really complain that much. And great to get these ones. That, that's that's great to have those teams now when we're, while we're still putting things together. Yeah. And I think we could come back after the international break and be playing even better. But I just want to temper things a little bit. On the positive side, though, we don't want to come across as too, uh, <laughs> too being, being too grimly realistic. Two very winnable games coming up, I think. Rotherham away, then... Is it Brentford at home, then Bolton, I think? Yeah. Brentford. We've got Blackburn, haven't we, on the midweek? In the yeah, midweek, 20, yeah. 25th or 26th. Yeah. That's away. As well. That's away. Oh, it's away. Yeah. Anyway, Rotherham is winnable. Even, uh, well, hopefully we'll be 3-0 up and we won't 
balls it up this time. <laughs> and the other positive, clearly, as well, is that it's great how well we're doing, but you think we've got one of the best centre-backs in the league to come back in Davis, the best passer in the league to come back in Huddleston, League One's top scorer from last season, you can't even get a kick at the moment, mm. in Jack Marriott, yep. and one of the best young prospects around at the moment in Harry Wilson. Yep. So we're, we're picking up points and doing well, even without four really strong players to come back in. I think uh, we're still we're still trying to work out our best side, aren't we? Like who who plays who plays where? And I've got some friends who are Liverpool fans, and I was with them yesterday, and they were like, "Oh, how's Harry Wilson doing for you?" And I was like, "He's, he's been terrible because the first three or four games um, went to Reading and went to to Oldham. He just looked out, out of his depth and not not really at the races at all. And he's been out of the limelight since then. Um, and maybe that spell doesn't good. Like, and he he learns that it's not all positive because he scored lots of goals for Hull last season in not very many appearances and it was a real light for them. He's clearly highly rated. He's clearly a, a very good thinking player. He just hasn't put it together yet for Derby. And I think he will come good for us. But at the moment, we've got players to come in if someone starts to slip up. I think Flojo deserves his, his run in the team at the moment because he wasn't in the team. Uh, he was behind Wilson. Florian Josephson said after his uh, after his winner against Hull at the weekend, he told Rams TV, we got lucky, we had to stay sharp for that one chance, but in the end, we got the W. <laughs> just say win. I mean, win's yeah. fine. Win's actually quicker to say. Win's the actual word, it's got fewer but, syllables. Just say w. win. <laughs> w. W's free, yeah. yeah. Is he now one of the first names on Lampard's team sheet, do you think? I don't think there are any first names on that team sheet apart from Scott Carson. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mason Mount. Mason Mount is the only other one. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad shout, actually. I mean, if you go through that team, the left-back spot is up for grabs. The centre-back, the two centre-back spots probably are. Who do you drop for Davis? Kia. Give, give Tavori a chance. You were saying... Who? Uh, <laughs> Tavori. <laughs> give Tavori a chance, sorry. Um... And like let him have a let him have a go against someone who is a leader. I think Keo isn't necessarily that person to sort of drag him through. He reminds me a bit like Lewin Nyatanga, and Nyatanga needed like but a, a much better Lewin Nyatanga. Yes, of course. But um, Nyatanga needed someone experienced next to him, and he he was a great centre half for that sort of brief early period of his career. But he was always had a mistake in him, and that's the same. Maybe we, if we can get an experienced player next to him who's who's a leader and will maybe cover that mistake a little bit more than what Keo has done. Do you think it will happen? Do you think he'll drop? Keo for Tamori and Davis? I just think Keo has too much history of the club and I don't want to say too much influence, but I think if you're gonna drop if you're gonna drop one of either someone who's been there for seven, eight years or a kid who's on loan. Although he is from Chelsea, isn't he? Maybe that's a factor. It shouldn't be a, if it is a factor that's a problem. It's the it's the be, it's the best players who play. And I think Tamori's done done alright. Keo has done alright in the last few weeks. Davis is our first choice centre half. When he's fit he comes back into that team. Drop both, just drop both of them. Davis and Pierce. Davis Davis by himself. Davis and Davis, yeah. (laughs) Ten men. But um, I wouldn't like to make that decision, but I think I'd I'd give uh, give the young lad a go. So when those four players I mentioned, when they do come in, talks about Davis there, Huddleston, Marriott and Wilson, do you think all three of those slot straight back in, Kutch? No, I don't think Lampard will do that. I think I think Huddleston definitely comes back in. Davis definitely comes back, comes back in, but it's up for grabs who, who he replaces. I think Huddleston replaces Johnson probably, but I'm not convinced by Bryson in the system. And then the other one, Wilson, you say? Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't think Wilson. I don't think Wilson does automatically come back in. I, well, I hope not. Not because I don't like him, but I think if Flojo keeps his form up, and obviously Tom Lawrence and Bennett are also batting out for those positions as well, 
I don't know why Wilson would jump ahead of the queue on his yeah. on his previous form before he got injured. Lawrence has had a pretty decent season. Like we criticised him for not scoring goals, and he's stepped up. Yeah, I mean Lawrence has been um, more effective. I mean, there's just goals everywhere in that team. Yeah. Even on the substitutes bench, there's goals, which is just so exciting. <laughs> Do yeah. you think it's um... Jack Marriott's back in Derby, <laughs> not scoring goals? You know? <laughs> Do you think it's con- not concerning, but not the best use of the players that he stuck back one out wide in a three rather than through the middle? I don't know. He wasn't that. He wasn't that effective, was he? I mean, he did. He did almost win a penalty, but and he did score a penalty, but he didn't. He wasn't hugely effective from the wide position. He's not a naturally. There's more obvious effective players in the wide position. I don't sort of think, doing doing to him what we did to Johnny Russell, really, aren't we? Yeah, I think what really is going to happen is that it's going to be between Waghorn, Nugent, and Marriott for that centre forward spot, and then it's between Wilson, Bennett, Lawrence, Joseph Zoon yeah. for the wide positions. I, th- I think we're going to mention it later on about the squad size and Nugent in particular the fact he had opportunities to move out on loan but wants to fight for his place Nugent's had, had again started well to the season he hasn't scored so many he's scored a cracker against Mill, but like he hasn't necessarily scored the goals but he's, he's links the play up and he's experienced uh, that front and he allows the he creates the space for those yeah. like Mount and Flojo to come in behind um, so he's a really important player in the team despite the goals or the lack of goals um, I think Waghorn maybe is the longer term in this season central point but I saw Marriott against Oldham. I thought he ran his socks off. He got in there and got stuck in. Potentially to be a fan's favourite for me. Just before we move on to the uh, to the second part, you wanted to discuss a bit of a controversial one, Kirch, that you put forward to us both earlier, that does Craig Bryson offer much to this derby team other than his stamina and his legs? Yeah, I mean, if Bryson, if he can start getting on the end of chances again, because this, this system, sh- I think the system should suit him with the amount of, t- he's getting in the box, balls just stop falling to him, the ball's falling to Mason Mount or other players at the moment. I just thought his passing was, and I know I said lots of people struggled on Saturday with their passing, Bryson's passing was woeful on Saturday. I'm not quite sure, apart from running about a lot, which is great, you need that, unless, particularly in that system, you need one midfielder doing that. I just don't felt creatively, he wasn't really offering anything, he wasn't really bursting forward quite as much. Maybe Mount is taking that space away from him, because Mount's playing a bit further forward, is Mount occupying that space which Bryce would naturally run into. I think he'll try Huddleston alongside Bryson in that too, when Huddleston's back. But I think, but I could see it being Johnson and Huddleston this season. I think the reason why he's in that team is because Lampard found out early on that he needs to just keep Mount forward, really. There were times when Mount was dropping too deep, wasn't he? Yeah. And Mount doesn't really have a defensive game at all, does he? It doesn't really seem to me. It's but, not but, but, he's, Fine, but, yeah. but he's hugely effective going forward. So Bryson is like the link man, really. Um, yeah, I, didn't, and, I didn't see him doing much linking. But I mean, if Bryson's in there to allow Mount to do his thing, is that acceptable? Maybe. And maybe Bryson will actually benefit from having someone like Huddleston next to him, because I don't think they've really played together much at Derby. No. Um, because Johnson is naturally a bit more like Bryson, and he wants to be a bit more box-to-box. And, and, and they, it's almost like that <laughs> massively poor man version of Gerard Lampard <laughs> problem that England had, because both um, both Bryson and Johnson aren't naturally sitting either. So if if Bryson's next to Huddleston, who is, he knows he's going to sit there and stay, maybe Bryson will have more licence to, to get forward and be more of a, a natural link man. Look, I love Craig Bryson... I'm just not haven't been that impressed. I feel like the central midfield is the weak link, yeah. and it's not just Johnson; it's yeah. Bryson and Johnson. Johnson's played well when he's come come into the team this season. I think he's he's been solid, and I think there's been some perhaps good individual performances in that midfield. But I still think there's a lot of work to do on that midfield tactically, because even against Oldham, who are the, without doubt the weakest team uh, we've played, we did at times look overrun in midfield, and that was definitely the case <coughs> against Leeds, who were by far and away the best team we've played. Um, 
big big questions in that midfield yeah. for me. So plenty more to discuss in the second half of the podcast. We're going to leave it there for now. You can find us on all forms of social media, of course. You're already on Twitter if you're watching Periscope. Hello again. We're on Instagram as well. We're on Facebook. And you can email us, stevebloomerswashing at gmail.com. And over on the Steve Bloomers Washing website, stevebloomerswashing.com, uh, in the next few hours, we're going to be putting up the first of our monthly reports. We're going to be doing one of these for every month of the season where we look back on the games that we've played so far and uh, give us our take on it. Ryan Burton, our resident website writer, has had a go at the first one for August, so that'll be up in the next few hours. And before we go to the second half, Steve Bloomer's Washing is partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company, who have just launched their own Kiwi Sunshine Pale Ale which is a light, sessionable Rush. beer available in their three <laughs> venues across Derby. Sounds all right, doesn't it? Yeah, delightful. So more in a second. Uh, we're going to leave it there for Periscope in a second, and we'll see you shortly. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. So in the second part of the podcast, we wanted to talk about Derby's squad. Uh, the loan deadline passed a few days ago, so we're stuck with what we've got, but for better or for worse. For now, according to the good people at transfermarket.co.uk, Derby, you'll be unsurprised to hear, both of you, have the joint highest number of players in the Championship used so far this season, uh, 22. After the recent departures, Tom, we've had uh, Cameron Jerome's on his way, Max Lowe out on loan, Chris Martin. Do you think we've got the squad down to an acceptable size now? I would say arguably no, uh, but it's it's not bad business we've done. It could have done with a few more going out, I think, especially uh, in the sort of central midfield area. Um, but yeah, I think we're getting rid of Jerome. Fair play to him. Did brilliantly at the end of last season. Um, wish him all the best. Martin, again, it's right for him to go. So there's a couple that could have gone, but we're getting we're heading in the right direction, I think, and a few more will move out, uh, I believe, in January. Derby have got 28 players, not including those who have been loaned out. Richard and 30, 34 first team players. If you include if you include the ones who've been loaned out, that is still far too many, isn't it? Yeah, maybe Lampard and Joey Morris being a Chelsea model to Derby. Just stockpile these players and loan them all. Hoarding everyone. Hoarding lots of rubbish. No. Um. So yeah, it's still too many. As as Tom said, there's still a bit of dead wood isn't going to be used. I think the obvious ones: Butterfield, Anya, probably Pierce. Although yeah. maybe. I feel like Pierce is a bit different. I think Pierce probably is still in the frame. He's just fourth choice centre back. Whereas Butterfield and Anya, I just don't see them getting a look in. Actually, had an injury crisis in the central midfield, for example. Butterfield might come back in. But you know, if we had, if we still had Jerome and Martin knocking about, then I'd say it was it was quite unhealthy. I feel like he's probably got it in a good place, and the squad seems happy. I think yeah. the players who are all playing obviously are happy. You can just see from the work rate that they all want to work for each other, and even those coming off the bench seem like they've been kept happy. So I think it's down to Lampard's man management now, which he seems to seems to have in the bag. Let's take them one by one then, of the ones who went out at the end of the window at least. Cameron Jerome joining Turkish Super League side Goztep. I've no idea how to pronounce that right. <laughs> Goztepe, Goztep for an undisclosed fee. Um, Derby have thought to value him at around one million. Um, well, we're not going to find out how much we got for him, but a good deal for both parties, I guess. Tom, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. made a welcome contribution. And let's face facts: without his goals, we probably wouldn't have gotten the top six last season. Yeah, there was a podcast last year where we talking about the fact that Cameron Jerome was was a, a bad thing, and then, then he kept, went on that little scoring run, didn't he? At the end, scored the goals against Cardiff, and obviously the the excellent goal he scored against Fulham. Um, Fair play to him. He came and said some nice things about Derby at the end. He obviously wants to go and play football. Realised there were four or five players in front of him um, who were going to be there in that first team. So he went, been a good player, 
good servant for Derby in that six months. So. And I think getting a fee from him is however much it is, even if it's even if it's a million or even if it's half of that, is great business. Because I think really, I think they would have all accepted just getting these players out yeah. on loan to get, get some of the wages off. So to get the wages completely off, you know, we sold them, so that's a hundred percent of his wages gone. Yeah. And we've got between five hundred and, and a million for him, which is great business. Shows why Mel Morris wasn't going to give Gary Rowe any money in the yeah. summer if you spend one point five million on a aging centre forward I was sceptical at the time and I remain sceptical but I've got a lot of respect for him for what how he's behaved and Coach were you surprised that Max Lowe was allowed to go out on loan to Aberdeen uh, I was at first I guess with hindsight not really because I feel like he obviously thinks Forsyth and Malone have got that position covered and plenty to offer and the last thing he wants is to be stuck in a position where he's got Max Lowe just not being used at all mm-hmm. or feeling like he has to play him to try and give him some experience so if he knows he can send them to Aberdeen, which is a good club challenging the big top club, half yeah. of the of the Scottish uh, Premiership, and he's going to get games, and that's much more advantageous to everyone, I think, for Max Lowe's development um, and also for our first-team choices. He doesn't want to feel under pressure to play him. Yeah. I am I'm a bit surprised after how he started the season, because we all of us were raving about him, and, and rightly so, because he did start so well. He just seemed to be a little bit naive defensively, yeah. and I think we've already got some problems defensively at the moment. We probably don't want to exasperate them by... Feel like they have to play someone because they're a youth mm. team player. There's definitely there's a player there, definitely. definitely but we, as you say, our, our defence has got enough uh, frailties yeah. at times. Um, we need a solid pair of hands at left back. Although, Malone, I mean, Malone wasn't great defensively against Hull either, was he? No, I'm not convinced. But uh, Forsyth found himself back in by default. <laughs> yeah, but he's played okay, and you know what? Because Lampard is is filling them all these all these players with confidence. I think that's that that could suit Forsyth down. Obviously, confidence should suit any player, but I think Forsyth particularly is a confidence player. Maybe Lampard will get the best out of him, and if he does, then we'll have a good left back on our hands again. Yeah. The final one, Tom. The the dream is is coming to an end. It's it's the slow breakup, isn't it? Uh, Chris Martin has joined Hull on loan. I guess the question here really is, you know, what's gone wrong for him? I mean, I, I put this one out on Twitter just because I was thinking out loud. Really, I mean, how does a player who hit 20 goals a season twice in a row. When's the last time a Derby player did that? How does a player like that just fall so out of favour that they're not even wanted anymore? Some interesting answers that I got in in, uh, in response. Uh, Joel Moore tweeted us to say um, he was almost entirely reliant on the service and shape around him. But when he had that, he was unplayable. The, the rumours about his attitude always seemed unfounded or based on the fact that Chris Martin didn't run, didn't run around lots. Uh, Vaughan Richards tweeted us to say his best spell came when he knew there was no one to challenge him. As soon as he got half, as soon as we got half decent strikers in, he wasn't bothered to fight for his place. And uh, Elizabeth Slattery tweeted us to say I felt like he never had a fair crack to impress again after the Pearson era, which did for him, and he got nothing out of the loan spells at Reading and Fulham. Do you agree with those comments, Tom? Yes and no. The comment from Elizabeth there, I do question. Like he got nothing out of the loans at Reading and Fulham. My question would be why? Um, what was he doing? Was he not pushing himself in the squad? So oh, yeah, like whose fault was that? Yeah, is that Chris Martin's fault? Or is that someone else's? I think the blame's got to be at Chris Martin's. Fulham had an impact. He had an impact at Fulham. Fulham yeah. wanted to keep him. Yeah, they did. But at the end of the day, they, then when he effectively went on strike for that last six months, he very rarely played and they, they did okay. Um, I agree more with Joel Moore that the fact that we did build around Martin, wasn't it? He was the focal point. And that was a really good Derby team. 
And he was a central part. We had runners coming off of him. And I think the focus... He loves being loved, doesn't he? Yeah. And as soon as he didn't feel that, he, that was it. And that was also four years ago. You yeah. know, four years on any player yeah. is going to have an impact. And if he hasn't played much or consistently for two years... And I think the comment about him being loved is, is right. Because, you know, how many marriages have we had in those in that time since, yeah. since, since that McLaren team? Chris Martin, arguably, has been the biggest victim of the instability at yeah. Derby County in that time. And you could say other other clubs stalwarts like Craig Bryson have always been have also yeah. been a victim yeah, yeah. of that instability. So it's not just Chris Martin that, that, that's kind of lost out in this period. I think it's probably a combination of of his of maybe his attitude, but also you know it's not easy if you're one of the few people who remain stable at a club. All hell is breaking loose around you. We have to get our uh, obligatory George Thorne reference in to... Uh, oh, shit, yeah, he's still there. ...in for the podcast. <laughs> um, Sorry. Well, he is still there, yeah. Sorry, uh, put in a 90-minute shift for the under-23s a couple of weeks ago. With every week that passes, he's not getting any closer to the first team, is he? You just wonder if his, uh, you know, if his, if his goose is cooked and he needs a new challenge, really. Links with a move to QPR. What would you say is the best move for him at this stage? Uh, possibly QPR. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lampard hasn't really been questioned, or not that we've seen him being questioned about this midfield balance. I don't know what the what the uh, written press have been asking him in press conferences, but I haven't seen his comments as to if he's happy with Bryson and Johnson. Because if you think if he wasn't happy, you would have thought someone like George Ford might have been. Yeah. Given a go, maybe he will be given a go if he just played his first ninety minutes. I just uh, don't think he's the same player where, anymore. Where is he's lost a lot of weight though? He has taken the pounds off. Yeah. Where is Thorn in that pecking order? Is he behind Evans? Is he in front of him? He's like, certainly behind Evans at the start of the right. season. Is, is, since we signed Evans, yeah. We well, wouldn't have thought Lampard would have brought Evans in to sit behind Thorn in the pecking order. So it doesn't look good for him, does it? I mean, a lot of those players played a lot of minutes for the twenty threes a week before the deadline closed, and I think yeah. that was quite. Instructive, fitness. yeah, to show to show people potentially signing them that they can play that, and that would have been people would have seen George Von do that. I think McLaren was actually at that game that he played as well. I think Thorne needs a new challenge. I think the likes of sort of Anya needs needs to go just for the benefit of their careers. When Chris Martin did leave to go to Fulham, I, that was Chris had said about a long breakup. That was like the the tragic breakup. Well, I've, never, I've, never, I've never felt that before. Like I was I was devastated when he went. Um, then he came back and I was kind of excited. It was like, ooh, do we get back together again? And it's sort of, <laughs> now I'm a bit like nonplussed. I'm like, cheers, Chris. It's about time you left and packed your bags now. Like, All right, calm down. But don't forget. I do all the work on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go, Chris. Can you make sure you... Oh, you meant him, so carry on. <laughs> Can you make sure you uh, leave your Derby shirt on the way out because I want that back. <laughs> well, we'll leave it there for that section of the podcast for now. Yeah, some, some winnable fixtures coming up. I'll be off to Rotherham in a couple of weeks after the international break. In the meantime, though, it's only the second who ran out of the season. That speaks volumes about how uh, we've been ships in the night this season, haven't we? But anyway, so the who ran out from the first half was this. I played seven times for Derby County in 2011-2012. Kutch. Oh. It is Kutch. Our this Scottish is. friend, Russell Anderson. Oh, that wasn't one of my choices. I haven't thought about Russell Anderson for a long time. <laughs> Why not? So it's not him. Um, but it's not him. Oh. I've got two thoughts here. I'm debating on which one is the best. Uh, I'm going to go also Scottish then. Chris Maguire. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Chris Maguire is the right answer. Oh! <laughs> My uh, other one was Tom Naylor. Did he play in that season? Yeah. Tom he played like or, um, five or six Connor years. Doyle. Like Connor Doyle. Was it him? S- still Chris Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of players in that season that didn't play much. That's that's, a, was, quali- that's a quality Tom has. That's he can, he can hurt you. How there. many games did Russell Anderson play? Unlike Chris McGuire, I wanted to. <laughs> I think Russell Anderson didn't play many more than seven. Oh, so that's the equaliser, all square for the season. Uh, but we're not finished there for this episode. As we said, it's the international break coming up for Derby County. So we filled the gap for you for all your Derby County needs with another interview. And the episode coming up is the man who did this from the free kick sends it wide out to the left hand side good pass knocked down by Sturridge comes forward holds off Adams shoots it to goal oh a beauty a cracker it just nicked the inside of the uh, crossbar and dropped down into the net Sturridge the scorer goal number five of the year and certainly his uh, mentor Ian Wright at the other end of the pitch can watch that one because it was an Ian Wright classic scored by Dean Sturridge yeah, that's right. It's Dean Sturridge, Derby's top scorer in their 1995-96 promotion campaign to the Premier League. More than half a century of goals for the Rams in a decade-long spell and a real hero for fans of a certain age, wasn't yeah. he, Tom? Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, we had a, we were blessed in the 90s with some excellent striking talent, Tommy Johnson, Paul Kitson, but I think Sturridge is most definitely up there um, as one of my favourites of all time. Where does he rank in your all-time Derby County heroes from your lifetime, Coach? Well, he was the first the first Derby County I ever had had number eight on the back. Yeah. So that tells you a story. Um, and he always have his poster on my wall. So he's definitely, he, he was that era which I fell in love with Derby County. So yeah. he, he's one of probably my top three players' favourites. Him and Gabby um, up front, wasn't it? He used to live in the village where uh, I grew up in, uh, in the East Midlands. And me and my brother went round to his house once, got his autograph. Was that a couple of weeks ago? And I was only 32 at the time. GDPR. Dean Sturridge coming up. That'll be coming up in the international break. And as a little taster, here he is talking about playing up front with Paolo Wanchop and Francesco Baiano. When we all three of us were at our best, we really complimented one another because Paolo provided that presence, that height, that strength and that unpredictability. Baiano with his football intelligence and his touch and then myself with my pace and my directness. It was a really good blend. Just before we wrap up then, Kutch, any other Derby County business for you from the past fortnight? Uh, I think a word about Will Hughes, both uh, his comments he made to the national newspapers about Gary Rowett claiming he wasn't his type of player. and then Soon the... to be uh, the full England national team's well, uh, Will Hughes. I like to think so. The excellent form. I'm surprised he wasn't called up, to be honest. Yeah. I was very surprised. And it, it was premature for the World Cup, obviously. But when I was watching our World Cup team, I did think we missed a player like that. And he started the season so well at Watford. Obviously, Watford are flying. And he's getting rave reviews playing central midfield there as kind of an anchor. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think a word for Will Hughes and just another example of, of why Gary Rowett doesn't seem to understand football. Tom, I want to give a shout out to uh, one Pablo Mills. Oh. Off of 2002, I don't know if it, it's probably been and gone by now, but and Derby fans might have seen it. But he scored the other week. What I can only describe as an absolute thunder bastard <laughs> <laughs> for uh, his his current team, Michelover Sports, against North Ferriby United in the Northern Premier League Premier Division catchy title. Have you seen it, Coach? I've seen it. He scored one the week before as well, didn't he? He scored two Did he? belters. Yeah. That, the yeah, second one you're talking about is, is the ultimate belter. He's like 35 yards so this, yeah, the ball, On the half volley, wasn't The it? ball just bounces to him and he just absolutely thunders it into the top corner from a good 35 yards. And it's not like it? a looping. He no. smashes it. <laughs> yeah. He was asked about it afterwards and uh, Pablo Mills, who's now 34, said, um, I wasn't aware of how far out it was. I just saw the opportunity and I thought, if I connect cleanly, this will have a good chance. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> 
I mean, he's a 34 year old centre back playing non league. If he makes a good connection, he could go absolutely anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're talking about uh, former Derby County players, I also checked in recently on Farron Rolson, oh, yeah. who's playing centre back for Forest Green Rovers, the only vegan club in the football league. And he looked quite good. And uh, he did fall over quite easily. Did he score from uh, 35 yards? No. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, good, good luck to him. Finally, before we go, um, Man United in the Cup. Are we excited? Yeah. Or yeah. is it all just like, did that last season, don't really care? Yeah, it's a good draw for the club, isn't it? Got nothing to lose. Um, it'd be interesting to see what team he puts out. We've got 28 players, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have a go. And one, for, one for each half. <laughs> yeah. I think Lampard, I think Lampard will go for it. Yeah. I think he knows he's got, I think he knows he's got the squad depth to go for it. I think... The kind of person that he is, he'll want to, you know, uh, give it a proper bash and give himself a, a good, um, you know, good advert for himself on, on the big stage. Um, and I think of all the managers, like we talked last season about, we haven't really done anything a bit against lots of big clubs recently. We've drawn yeah. in the cup, and I feel like Lampard might be the person to change that. So yeah. I'm, I'm quite excited about that fixture as well. I was a bit disappointed with how we approached the game in January. Um, we seemed a bit negative, so yeah, it would be nice to have a go at that one. Fingers crossed. So hopefully more points for Derby. We'll be back after the international break. I think we're squeezing in one more podcast this month after the uh, Dean Sturridge one. But in the meantime, Richard, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Tom, thanks for your time. Yeah, pleasure as always. And uh, give us a follow, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you again soon.